It's uh, always great to have our vacation people start to get back and safe and sound. And uh, appreciate everybody coming out today. It's great to have you, Brad, and the kids. And so it's good. Nick, good. So um, uh, a few comments about uh, Benny Johnson. It is, uh, it, it's kind of natural it, that it, it shakes you. And um, their whole church is, you know, well, so well known for their faith. And uh, Bill and Benny together have been going after this for so long. And we were at a conference in Cleveland. And um, she also wrote a book on health no, besides the um, um, communion stuff. And I, I don't know the details of her history, but I, I am assuming that this cancer showed up back before that, and that's when you really start waking up and go, I better get my life in order, um, start eating right, get healthy. And so she really went that direct, went after that and uh, became very um, successful in her ministering and talking and sharing in her book, that particular book, about just eating healthy and healthier and exercising. And I mean, if she went like, she flexed her muscles, this woman, she had muscles, like, whoa, you know. So um, it was kind of, it was kind of cute. She was very vibrant. She also wrote the book, The Happy Intercessor. That was such a unique book because in the day, inter uh, linked with intercessory prayer was heaviness and yeah grimace on your face and see how deep and dark you can get and she came along with this concept like it doesn't have to look like that and her and her she had a crew of people that would go with her and I would hear some of the stories again I don't know all the details and they would go to places all over the world and pray and they just um, not in a sacrilegious way, but they celebrated. They went and celebrated the overcoming power of the Lord Jesus, and they made declarations out of what the Lord's going to do here in this place. And, and it was a refreshing thing. It's like it really, it really caught on. And so here she was with this faith and living in the house of, uh, of Bethel and all the healings and all the amazing things that happened, the manifestations of the Spirit. And... Um, her writing her books about health. And I, I remember being at a conference and realizing how weary it would be for ministers. This might sting a little. This is like when the doctor gives you, a, right before they give you a shot, they go, this will, the little pinch, they'll say. And you're like, hot dog, that was a big pinch. Like, that hurt, you know. And that's um, <clears throat> fresh in my mind because I just went through several things in a row that were like IVs and blood and Listerol blood. And now that you've got an IV, we can't take something else out of that. We've got to give you another, you know, it's like, all right, whatever, you know, like little pinch. They always said, they all said it, you know, it's like, mm -hmm, sure, okay. It would be hard to minister constantly to the body of Christ and all the healings and the needs and the back problems and all the stuff when, when you can tell, I don't mean to, it's just the reality, you can tell people aren't taking care of themselves. They're not, they're not, doing their due diligence to be healthy. And so every time someone, Cheryl's going through this right now, like they're like adamantly, you can do this a little, you can do this a little. I heard this, one of her doctors looked at her and said, but, but sugar, no, I say no to sugar. Like don't, don't, don't eat that. 
And so there are things like that that were like, oh, what the heck? And I, I've been the worst growing up. Like, I'm much healthier now than I was as a young man. And my heating habits were horrible. They were since I was very young, drinking a lot of Pepsi and whatever. And uh, didn't care, you know, more salt, as much salt as you want, like take it all in, you know, that kind of, that kind of attitude. And um, then you get to this place, you go, I better start taking care of this body, you know? It's the last one I've got, and I've got a, a ways to go, so let's get this. And so you start making those adjustments. You increase in faith. You do all these things, and then we get news that she died. This cancer came back. We knew something was up. We started getting the reports, and she dies in that. And I remember hearing, I, I, I just I want to say this with all my heart. It is always the right thing to do to pray, to pray for healing. It's always the right thing to do. You can argue and talk your way out of that, around that, and make excuses when things don't happen the way we expect them to or hope they will. But in the end, the mandate remains. I'm, I'm in the process of reading a book by the praying medic, Dave Hayes, and the name of the book is He Healed Them All. He healed them all. When Jesus went out and ministered, it's just the phrase of, in the scripture, he healed them all. And so you have to come to this place to go, it's always right to pray for healing. And when the Lord sees you and you enter into that place where he looks at you and evaluates your life in a moment in a glance, and he says, well done, and you're remembering all the failures. Yeah, but... People died when I prayed for them, and things didn't go well, and this happened and that happened, and I evidently died because I wouldn't be here if I hadn't. You know, that kind of thing. There, there are two promises, that you can be healed and that it's appointed for, to man once to die. So you've got two things that are coming at you that are inevitables. Yeah? Unless you're Enoch or, you know, or we're taken up, huh? Otherwise, it's coming. It's, it's in the scripture. That's as big of a scripture and pro a promise as, you know, I promise you're going to die. That's like, okay, that's solid. It's on the refrigerator. But his times, our times need to be in his hands, yes? It's very important. My time, the psalmist wrote, my, my, my times are in his hands. I don't decide that. And meanwhile, I do the right thing. And I will get rewarded according to my obedience to him. Not whether I actually got healed or someone else got healed or, or the other manifestations that we're praying and hope for. So it's always right to do when um, 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 uh, Reichland, uh, what's his name? Um, Joel, Joel Reichland. And his, his wife was terminally sick and She'd been through it about, and they were praying. This, it's, he had a healing ministry, right? And all of a sudden, the cancer comes back for his wife, Dawn, and she is dying. And Joel, he, I was around him some in those times, and he had been here. And uh, he looked at me one day, and he goes, I'm worried about my oldest daughter. She, was, she is 100% into her mother being healed. What happens if she's not? And... I didn't give a quick answer. I just like, think on this, you know. And the next time I saw him, I said, Joel, here's what I know. 
I know that when you're going through this with a loved one, you better give it all you have. You better believe with all you have because the guilt of feeling like you didn't is, will really kill you. You don't want to be at the end of this regardless of the outcome and, and, and feel like you, you held back. You want to have given it your all, right? I mean, in anything that happens. Better at that, it's like, well, I gave it my best, honest to God, I did. And I said, she'll overcome the disappointment, but the guilt of not doing enough is, is worse. Let the Lord work it out for her. Let it, let it go. Like, it's, it's a good thing. If she's brokenhearted, we all will be you. But at least there is tears without regret. I, I want to come to the end of things with tears without regret. And so Benny Johnson and the whole Bethel group, you know, like, this is hard. They're going to get smacked with accusations and you healed everybody else and blah, 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 and all that stuff. And it's like, whatever. They're amazing people. She was an amazing woman. And uh, then lately, the last couple of years, my favorite thing about her was she was an amazing patriot. She followed President Trump all over the place. She went to rallies. She went to the inauguration. Y- y'all know you weren't welcome at that initial uh, inauguration. Not really. You were, you were contested to just walk into the grounds. That's how bad it was. It's so bad, and the Capitol Police wouldn't do a thing about it. It's like the untold story. You were resisted just for coming and wanting to go to that. And uh, her and Leah, her daughter, they went all over the place. And so she was, um, she was a true blue. I loved it. I love seeing Christians and Christian leaders and believers making a stand, even if it's not popular, to believe in the right thing, to love our country and love our nation. So, wow, what a, what a woman. I have been sharing on uh, speaking in tongues, and I got fired up by a, uh, I mean, I just heard about the book, and I went, I got to get that book. Mary mentioned this book by Jennifer LeClaire, (coughs) who I did not know, but she was associated enough with Bill Hammond that he wrote the foreword for the book. I'm like, I got to get that book, so I get it. And uh, it's, it's 101 supernatural benefits of praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, many of us pray in the Spirit. If you don't, we need to pray for you that you get baptized in the Spirit and come into the fullness of things. And then once you have that, we know that we can enter into praying in the Spirit at any time. Don't have to have an emotional buildup to it. It's just there at your disposal. It's a mysterious thing. You think you've lost your mind when you first start speaking and uttering and making utterances, utterances and, and your tongue's going, and you're like, what am I doing? Am I, am I crazy, you know? And uh, it's, it was hard at first to, after I was prayed, prayed for and just believed and walked that out, I got a, just a little bit when I got prayed for, and then I was still, I was in between college and the rest of my life, you know? Left that, the Baptist college, and uh, was at home working on my dairy's farm, not knowing what the heck. It's like, I'll serve his vision because I don't know what mine is going to be. I don't know what I'm called to. I'm lo- I just was lost. It was a real wilderness. But the Lord finds you in the wilderness. There's a couple other guys he found in the desert. And, yeah. And so I served that time out and followed the Lord. And in that time, I got prayed for the baptism. And I'm in the silo, you know, the 
they aren't even that popular anymore. Big, tall cement silos, 60-foot silo, 20-foot round. I think it was a 60 by 20, something like that. And, uh, of course, was doing it by hand. The silo and loader wasn't working. So using a pitchfork with silage is not the most fun thing to do, you know. And um, I remember one day I was in there pitching it out into the tube and fall down on the wagon. And um, thumb pain can be one of the worst things you can experience in your life. And the pitchforks that you use for silage were like big, you know, wide ones, big as I was, you know. So you're, you're pitching, and, any, and I had my thumb on the top of the fork, and at the doorways where all the doors came into the silo as it went up, there was rebar across each hole. And my thumb and the weight of that silage on my fork, and I, bam, went right into one of those bars. So that was the great experience of being in a silo. Anyways, I had received the spirit, so I'm in there. And it happened another time, but um, that would make you pray in tongues too, like, boom, instantly. <laughs> Here we go. I just got baptized in something. And I remember I just got, and I'm like, I got to do this, and there's nobody else around. You're in this dank whatever, something about inside of a silo. It's just like eerie anyways. In there, I start practicing. Like, I've got to just do this. Like, I know it's real, but I think I'm crazy, and I just start praying in the Spirit. And so I just do that as I'm pitching silage. And when I was done and I go out, things were different. Things had happened. I see someone I was pray- as I was praying in the spirit, I was thinking, I thought of my uncle. I thought of just different people, just random people. Like for some, somehow I was praying for them. And I see my uncle drive by in a car. I'm like, I'm like, I just real, I know, I know that I know. That was very unusual to just see him drive by uh, the farm where I was working. And, and other things happen. Like, it brings all these other things. You're doing this thing that makes no sense to your mind. But things start happening. There are benefits. And though many of you pray in tongues, and you should, understanding and having faith about the benefits, all of the benefits of it, it supercharges you. You're like, oh, yeah, I could use more of that. I need this. I need that. Just in, in the, as it goes on, let me go to the, he, he just, be, she begins to write this out. I think Bill Hammond had written a book that was um, uh, maybe 50 some benefits to, to this. She elaborated on it. And I'm going to take time this morning to talk about this subject, building yourself up. We pray in the spirit. It builds your spirit up, not your mind, but your spirit. So that's, that's benefit one. And these are just like two-page. I, I do recommend the book. It's great. The next one, tongues, miracles, signs, wonders. Another benefit of praying in, in tongues when you don't know how to pray. I love that one. Do you realize how many times you don't really know how to pray, even when you're full of what you think you should pray? And you come to the end of yourself, you go, you know what? I, I'm not sure how to pray about this. Not a problem. Just pray in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's like... Just pray in the Spirit. I got this. Just give me your tongue and let me go. Release it. Tap, you're praying in tongues. You tap into heaven's revelations. Revelations come. Praying in tongues. You're praying the perfect prayer. I love that one. Praying in tongues, you're tapping into supernatural power. 
It goes on and on. Uh, you activate spiritual gifts. You face down the tempter. Being tempted, pray in tongues more. Just go at it. Just spend some time praying in the tongues. Don't make rules and laws and uh, self-help yourself. <laughs> and I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't. Go to a greater power. Pray in the Spirit. See what happens. Unlock glorious truth. Always have the right words to say. Oh, wow. I mean, I can stop right there. Don't you long to have Jesus' words? You get in these situations with people. You're always in situations with people. And they say something. And <clears throat> Jesus had these showstopper comments. And I've, I, I went, man, I wish I could just have the Jesus words at that time. They just would end the conversation just without being offensive. It just, it just goes right into the heart of the situation. Like the words that just stop it. And you're not in a fight. You're not in anything. It's just like Jesus would just stick this, these words in and the crowd walked away and didn't stone the prostitute, right? The woman in adultery. How did he do that without breaking the law? And he looks at her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Let, let him, this it was the Jesus words. Let the one who has no sin cast the first stone and we'll get on with this stoning. Those were brutal affairs, by the way. I unfortunately watched a video of some Muslims that stoned a woman. And you're watching from a distance and you go, oh my God, am I really, you, is, this is real. And it was practiced in Jesus' day, like among the Jews. It's hard. It's, this is hard stuff. And then have Jesus walk into the scene into the situation, they were trying to trap him, and he ends up having, boom. The Apostle Paul said this about praying in tongues in uh, 1 Corinthians 14. Um, i got to get to my right page here. And in verse uh, 14, 18, he makes this confession. I pray in tongues more than you all, but 1 Corinthians 14 is a wonderful chapter. It really balances things out. So when you're praying for yourself and you need build up, pray in the spirit. But when you're praying, when you're in the body and you're in the gathering, pray with understanding and move in the spirits. I rather that you prophesy because it builds up the body. But his confession was, I pray in tongues more than any of you. Ah, aha, aha. The secret to the man that wrote all these script, this scripture, the secret to the man that was filled with fullness he prayed in the Spirit all the time. Any chance he could, he prayed in the Spirit. He was built up. He had revelation. He had all the stuff. And here's, here's, the, here's how. He was baptized in the Spirit, and he prayed in the Spirit. He allowed that to flow constantly. So I'm hoping to incite you to jealousy and to movement and, like, consciously pray more and watch and see what happens. It's exciting. There are all kinds of things we're stumped on, even natural things. You don't know how to resolve a relationship. don't know how to resolve a relationship problem. You don't know how to resolve a problem. You don't know how to do this or that with your finances. Pray in the Spirit. You're working on something. You're building something. You're baking something. You're making something. How do I get out of it? How do I something? You know, I'm having trouble. Pray in the Spirit. Just pray in the Spirit. Keep Keep going, keep moving. It, it, it's limitless 
to what it affects and what it can help us and what it can transform. We paid a great price to become a people. I did anyways in my journey. I paid. There was a price to pay to come to a place where we could be free in the spirit. And we could freely talk about the things of the spirit. Where we didn't have to chuck it out or keep it in the storage room so that it wouldn't offend people. Where we could put it, come out front and go, we are spirit filled and we enjoy it. We practice it. Sometimes we don't enough. Like you don't appreciate the ability, the ability to have a gun and the freedom to have a gun until someone starts taking it away from you. You're like, oh, gun sales are up. <laughs> Every time they come out with another thing, I mean, you wonder sometimes if the rifles, so she, you know, companies aren't behind some of that because, wow, sales just go, cracks me up. Same thing. Lose, lose the freedom to function in the spirit. You'll start appreciating what you have. We, we all are prone to take for granted what we've come to and what we have. It's, it's the course of things. Israel, every time they were in trouble, they got delivered, they had a revival, and it only took about 40, 50 years, and they're back in the same stuff. Don't you want to scratch your head? But there's something about our nature, as soon as the pressure's off and a little bit of time and and we forget where we've come from. We forget what we got delivered from. We forget how valuable this is, and we just, we just get lazy, and we get tired, and we get fat, and we get whatever. Like, and I, I just mean fat in the sense of, of not having to work for things. And, just, and all of a sudden, you find yourself in a place you're, you're kind of compromising, and you're not rocking the boat. And life's easy, and I don't want to mess this up. And, it happens to the best of us. Let's look at Second Peter, chapter one. This is just. This was refreshing just to get back to this scripture. It was it's so rich. First, Second Peter, chapter one, verses verse two, three, and four. May grace and and perfect peace cascade over you as you live in the rich knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all this was in, lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by, the, by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. And then verse 4, uh, four. As a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price, which are, this is the word, right? We have all this promise in the word that's given to us so that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of the, that are of the world. So you're set and back to verse 3, he's lavished upon us through, through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us. So we're, we're equipped. We, we have these things put in us. And we listen to preaching. We sit under preaching. We read the word. We know what's promised to us. We, know, we learn who we are in Christ. We know the promises that we have. Um, 
Let's take a minute to look at, um, I always like to go back and visit Psalms 103. It's, it's kind of a layout of all the benefits. Benefits package, you know, look at your insurance policy, get the benefits. And in Psalms 103, beginning in the first verse, with my whole heart, with my whole life, and with my innermost being, I bow and wonder and love before you, holy God. Yahweh, you are my soul's celebration. How could I ever forget the miracles of kindness you've done for me? So there was a reason for the love. There is a reason for the love. There's a reason for the affection. There's a re reason for the desire to, uh, to express. It's knowing what you've been delivered from. It's knowing who got you out of the hot seat. It's knowing who came and rescued your sorry butt. It's knowing who gave you a second chance when you didn't deserve one. And a third and a fourth and fifth and 25th. It's, it's realizing, oh boy, I don't deserve this. I'm asking for mercy and I don't even deserve it. I don't deserve it. I know better. And so you come to this place where his forgiveness, he keeps coming with his forgiveness, with his benefits, and he doesn't, he doesn't punish us the way we tend to punish people and punish our children or whatever. He, he has this, he doesn't need to take it out of our hides. He, he has this way of forget when we come to repentance, he releases us, he forgives, he doesn't need, he doesn't need repayment for what he forgave you for. That's really important. There's nobody in the world like that. You become indebted forever. The power of blackmail, yeah? God does not blackmail. He could be the greatest blackmailer because he knows it all, right? But he's not. It's not in his nature. He's not in his nature to hold something over us. If you have a little voice on your shoulders speaking to you about your past, just make sure of this. It's not Jesus. And go, flick. That's not him. Yeah, but you don't know what I've done. I, I do know this. It's not him. Verse 3, you kiss my heart with forgiveness in spite of all I've done. You healed me inside and out from every disease. You've rescued me from hell and saved my life. You've crowned me with love and mercy. You satisfy Every, my every desire with good things. You've supercharged my life so that I soar again like a flying eagle in the sky. You're a God who makes things right, giving justice to the defenseless. You unveiled to Moses your plans and showed Israel's sons what you could do, which was a deliverance, right? Lord, you're so kind and tenderhearted to those who don't deserve it and so patient with people who, who fail you. You, your love is like a flooding river overflowing its banks and kindness. And the chapter just goes on and on and on and on like this. And so we find back here in, in, uh, in 1 Peter, before I lay my Bible down, that we have these things. Everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us. Everything that you ever need, that you need for life and godliness, is deposited in you. Everything that you need for life and godliness, the power, 
to be free from sin, the power to be healed. Everything that we need has been deposited in us. So we can't really scripturally ask for more because once you believe in the Lord Jesus and, and you especially receive this baptism, you have what you need at that point. So you are, you're a, look at yourself as having all the equipment that you need. You're a soldier and you are decked out. You've got guns and weapons and binoculars and you've got everything you need. Telecommunications, Mary's smiling, she's ex-military. Like, you've got everything you need, you're, you're suited up. When uh, Phyllis and I, a little over a year ago, were down in uh, Florida at, at uh, a Clay Clark um, event, and uh, hot as blazes down there in June. Still remember the sting of the heat, like, <laughs> you know. And, uh, but I'd never experienced this before. There was security around, and they were fully decked out military guys in, I mean, they're like ready SWAT team type, ready to, you know, kill something. And I'd never been around, and they were, that's who the security was. And then there was some other security that kind of looked like well-dressed FBI guys, you know, you know, whatever. It was serious. There were 10,000 of us, and they decided they wanted us protected. That's very consoling. I know, I know I'm one of the good guys, you know. I'm one of the, they, were, they were up in, in uh, ele, uh, not elevators, but lifts and up watching us. And, yeah, I mean, and it was like, whoa. They took the need for security serious, and, and we, were, we were secure. We were watched day and night. We were watched over. The Lord provides that. He's decked you out. But I, I want to submit to you, it needs activated. How many of you have this feel like, yeah, well, if I got it all, it, it needs energized. It needs hooked up to power, you know? You can have something that's fully ready and whatever, but the batteries, you know, are not included. It, it, takes, it takes turning on the ignition switch to light up the dashboard like a whoop, up it comes, right? And, and you are like that as a believer and then there's this, but don't go anywhere until you receive the power of the Spirit. When you pray in the Spirit, like benefit, you are supercharged. It activates all that. Huh, I think I'm going to pray in the Spirit more. I mean, just from reading this book, just from getting, just like every day I read a chapter and meditate on it, like it's just, I'm like just consciously Praying in the Spirit more, believing all of the benefits that come with it. And wow, we got the need, we might as well get the solution. We even have the solution, might as well turn on the whatever. There was a, this is a very simple-minded joke. It's not even, it's so ridiculous, it's not funny. But it is an illustration, and I'm no good at telling jokes, as we all know. So I'm not telling it for the sake of being funny, I'm telling it for the sake of the illustration. A man went to buy a chainsaw. He was a backwoods kind of guy. And uh, the man that was selling the chainsaw promised him, with this chainsaw, you'll be able to cut all kinds of wood. Like, you way, you'll cut so much more than what you could with your old voompa, voompa saw. So, okay, okay. So he buys the saw, goes, uh, he comes back, 
goes, comes back a week or so later, throws the chainsaw back on the, on the, on the counter there. He says, this thing's not worth anything. He said, it, I, I, can't, I can't cut near as much wood as I could with my old Vumpa saw. I want, you know, I want my bunny back. He goes, it doesn't make sense. Like, let, let me check it out. And he picks it up and he, vroom, vroom, you know, pulls the crank and starts it. And the guy says, what's that sound? You know. So you can buy a chainsaw, but if you don't fire it up, you know, it's going to be hard to cut wood with. I mean, as you can only imagine. Ridiculous, right? However, are you ridiculous? Have you turned on the power? Or after receiving all of these benefits and believing in Jesus, are you still walking around like some needy moron that doesn't have a God that can do anything? I need this, I need that, I'm lost, I don't know how to make this decision. Like, what's wrong with us? The way I just, I know how you talk, I know how I talk. I know how much of my life I spend in being heavy. Just, you have a heavy spirit? Don't take more pills. Pray in the spirit. Go out, go for a walk, figure out what it takes for you to freely pray in the spirit. I'll tell you one thing that I never feel like praying in the spirit when I'm doing, that's watching TV. That's, that's almost like an automatic kill, kill button for my spirit. But there are other things I do. I listen to a teaching or I hear certain worship music. And man, I'm just, it fires up. So what fires you up? This is where stop trying to be religious when you have your times of prayer. For one person, if you pray the best in, in the spirit and in tongues when you're on your knees, then by all means, get knee pads and get down there. For me, that, like, I just get anal. Like, I just get, like, closed in if I try to, to do some of those prayer methods or whatever. But if I get out and if I can walk and I can walk and get alone and, walk, like, walk or do something with my hands, that's fine because your mind's not doing the praying. Your spirit's praying. The Holy Spirit's praying through you. Do what, washing dishes. Like, if that helps you pray in the stunk, then you should have the cleanest counter on the, in the, you know, in the church. They're always, why do you wash dishes so much? Because when I do, I pray in the spirit and like, you know, I have a good time with the Lord. And like anybody else have a dirty plate. It's, it's amazing to just be released. Like it doesn't matter what you're doing. Driving your car. Is that, is that when you pray in the spirit? Pray in the spirit. Shut the radio off. Shut, you know, especially if it's country western. Like, wow, you're going to break your car. My son-in-law borrows my truck once in a while, my old truck, and I get back in and country, I'm like, doggone it, Ryan, you're going to break my, my whole truck's going to quit running if you just keep playing that stuff. Turn with me to Jude. It's a big book with one chapter, so it must be a really big book. And we find this, this scripture In verse 20, no, that's not the right. It, yeah, it is verse 20. But you, my delightfully beloved friends, constantly and progressively build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the Spirit. There's the activator. Build yourself up. I learned 
years and years and years ago, this word edify, which I'd have never learned that word if I wouldn't, wasn't a Christian. But to edify means to build up. It's okay. You need edified. Just admit it. Like, yeah, I do. I need build up. I need, I need build up in my spirit and my heart. Because life will pull you down. Just getting hungry and tired will pull me down. Like, pray in the spirit and realize what you're activating. Because the promise is we're loaded. We're packed loaded with, with promises. Like, we're all decked out. We've got the stuff. But it needs turned on. It needs energized. And you'll find some of the most successful people in, in ministry, they pray in the Spirit a lot. They just do. They pray in the morning. They pray in the night. There's, like, there's just a lot of times. And how much time do we waste uh, in our mind thinking and worrying about things and working out? There, and there's some time to, it's like, i got to figure out how I'm going to do this. Like, that's, that's fine. But I still pray in the Spirit during that time. Anything that's on your heart, speak it, and just pray in the Spirit. Like, lay it out there, and then cover it with praying in the Spirit. Like, just come that, address that. You want to pray for the nation? Say, Lord, I lift up the nation, and then go into, go into praying in the Spirit. You're like me. You're like, oh, Lord, how do you even pray for this mess? You know? Is it overwhelming? If you have the Spirit, if you're praying in the Spirit, it's not a problem. Name the subject. Name the impossible situation. Name the need. Name the whatever. Acknowledge it and, and pray in the Spirit and trust the Spirit's praying in a perfect way. It, it's, a, it's a trust issue. We're so scientifically minded, we're no, no earthly good. We're like, we've got to analyze everything. Slap yourself. I'm an American. i got to figure it all out. Stop. Stop. You're, you're not going to figure this out. You're not going to come up with a logical thing. But, but trust in this. That is the energizing power. So find, I, I put a little energy into this. What helps you, what enhances you to pray in the Spirit? What, what activity do you do that just really, you really, and, and do that. Practice that. And, and do it. And, and, and in that, pray with your understanding and ask things that, as they come to your mind, speak them out. And then keep praying in the Spirit. And see what comes of it. See how it transforms. This is the water and the Word. I, I hope it's safe to say the Spirit is the water, like the spirit and we have the word and the word with the anointed utterance trans it builds our faith and i was talking a lot about that and, and uh reading out of isaiah isaiah 55 his word doesn't come down to earth without performing what it was sent to do it doesn't return to him without doing what it was sent to do so his words is extremely important and sitting under the anointed utterance of someone speaking about the word or sharing a scripture and it can be at your kitchen table or it can be in the biggest church around it doesn't it doesn't matter where or who just an anointed word you can share an anointed word with a scripture and uh, with a friend and and it it pulls them up it gives them faith you can text it. You can talk. Like, we all have access to this, and it, it's that thing. But don't forget the, this, this activation of the Spirit 
Pray in the Spirit over the Word, like the Word that you know, the promise that you have. Let the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, activates that. Let's stop trying to be carnal men like them. And let's be spiritual men and women like Jesus. Sometimes it comes down to that. We're still trying to act like those logical people. And we, we need to, without, without being ashamed, without apology, be a full-blown, spirit-filled person that trusts in the Lord and believes in the power of prayer and believes in, in the gifts that the Lord gave us, the gifts, and, and use them, minister to people like, wow, get that, get that stirred up. Someone always needs a word. There's always a, a kindness. There's always a thing you can speak that will make such a difference in people's lives. And it's easy in this life and this season to get so um, concerned with everything else, and the conflicts and the frustrations. We're at a very high level of all that, but we don't want to be part of the problem. We want to be walking around being the solution, yeah? Light, you want to be the light. A city on a hill, people look to you and they see light. They see hope. Do they see that when they encounter you? Do they see hope? Do they see light? Or do they see someone that's as, just as pathetic as they are? And you can have problems. That, that's not, it's not about living problem-free. We do have problems. We have challenges. We have things we have to work out. But you having them and working through them and overcoming them becomes the testimony that gives someone else courage. You mean you had a four-year-old like this? Oh, yeah. You mean you had a marriage like this, the struggling? Oh, yeah, I did. But I prayed through it, hung in, overcame. The, the Lord helped me. The Lord changed me. The Lord delivered me. I'm a Psalm 103 guy. He forgave me even when he shouldn't have. He's ridiculously forgiving and merciful. He healed all my diseases inside and out. You can't beat this deal. It's the best. It's the best promise. He gives us everything, and we give him belief. We believe in him, and we obey him. Like, that's all? Yeah. And I walk by the Spirit, not, not by sight, not by the flesh, not in the flesh. And let us be like Paul. Father, today, we thank you for this ability to speak in tongues, to use our prayer language, and just forgive us for how, how lax we are about letting, uh, yielding to that. You never, you never overrun us. You don't, you don't take over. You give us gifts, and then you let us use them or not use them. You let us flow in them or not flow in them. So, Father, today, in Jesus' name, I just ask that every person will receive the infilling of your Spirit. For every person that's hungry, if there's someone that does not, has not received that, in Jesus' name, I just pray that you will baptize them in the Spirit. It can come in the night. It can come in the morning. It can come in the most unusual time and place. But let your Spirit fall. Let your baptism come. Fill us as you commanded us to be filled with the Spirit, to not be drunk with wine, but to be filled with the Spirit. And we bless you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
We thank you for your signs and wonders, your signs from the heavens. And for your mercy. I hope that you all were able to see um, this rainbow or double rainbow that everybody has been talking about the last few days. And I asked uh, Ashley to put a picture up of it on the screen so you could see it. And uh, Ashley took this picture of this beautiful rainbow. And Phyllis had pointed something out on it that was so unique and something that I've never seen. And it's the contrast between the light inside the rainbow and outside the rainbow. And clearly, God is showing a contrast, a difference uh, for those who walk in his covenant, those who are covered and uh, are with him in covenant as opposed to those who are not. And since the flood, the rainbow has always been a reminder to us of, of God's covenant and of his promises. But this one in particular just shows that difference, that, that contrast of those who have chosen to be in covenant with him. And communion is the same reminder. We have the opportunity, we can either just take communion or we can step into the light and we can take communion and be in his presence and be in his covering and, and be a part of his promises. In um, John 21, one through 14, it was the third time Jesus had appeared uh, to the disciples after his resurrection. And they had gone back to fishing. They were out all night and they hadn't caught a thing. And then as they approach shore in the morning, they see a man that says, throw your net on this on the right side of the boat. And there were so many fish in the net that they couldn't even lift it. And that's the contrast I want you to see when you take communion this morning. The contrast of doing something on your own in the darkness and then stepping into the light. Jesus was on the shore. He had a fire for them and he said, come eat breakfast. This is the difference of, of, of being on your own, trying to do it on your own in the darkness and walking in covenant. And that's what your opportunity is this morning when you take communion. You may have been all, out all night with nothing to show for it, and Jesus calls you to the shore this morning, not just to uh, take a, uh, some, some bread and wine, but to step into his light under that rainbow to be in covenant and to accept the promises that he has for you. That's what communion is this morning. He's got a fire on the shore, and he's calling you, and he says, let's eat breakfast. It's your opportunity to step into covenant. The, the rainbow is over this church. The light is inside of it, and you step into it when you take communion this morning. You step onto the beach. Amen. And you commune with the master.